If you look up into the sky and see a box parachuting toward you, it could be a Call of Duty care package, a cargo cult's answered prayer, or a mid-century beaver relocation project. As humans encroached on the territory of the North American beaver, we found that these slap-happy rodents are more difficult to move than you might think. But one intrepid employee of Idaho's Fish and Game Department was given some money, a few parachutes, and way too many green lights to solve the problem. But sometimes, you gotta drop your problems into the middle of nowhere here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to uh, uh, Tristan Taylor... Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, Paul Chomo, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. Today we're talking about some rodents that make darns out of their own food. But more on that later. They are good at making darns. A beaver <laughs> darn. They couldn't hit the side of a darn door. <laughs> We are back in separate studios, which means I can get close to the mic and sound good. Yeah, I don't have to lean in to try to get in the camera and all that stuff. I'm just right, I'm uh, right center stage. We, uh, like I, I definitely apologize for the bumping apocalypse that was the last episode. Are you apologizing was, on my behalf? Was that my fault? I don't know. It was probably both of us just touching the desk. We should have put like a towel underneath the thing. Maybe that would have helped. But that microphone wiggles. It's like having your mic on a boom is much better. Yes. Um, I apologize too. But what are we talking about? We're talking about the North American beaver. Hmm. This is a classic. It is a classic. God's greatest hits <clears throat> is the beaver. Uh, and then a mashup of that greatest hits is the platypus mm -hmm. with a beaver tail. Uh, but we all know the beaver. But what we're going to call it here is Marshall Mathers. Mm -hmm. This one, that, that one was the last minute one, but it works on several different le levels because we're going to talk about war later on in the episode. So Marshall. Um Jerry Mathers is Beaver Cleaver and leave it to Beaver. So <laughs> here, here, here we here we land at Marshall marsh, Mathers. They're they're kind of Marshall Marshals of the Marsh. Uh they don't really live in marshes. They kind of make their own marshes. They live they live in uh in, in mountain mountain streams and things like that. But anyway, Marshall they live Mathers. Every, pretty much everywhere there's water. I would I would not recommend his music, but I would recommend the show. Did I tell you that I saw a beaver at your house or near your house? Excuse me? I saw it was dead. 
but I I'm pretty sure I saw a beaver. That and makes so little sense. There are why? no beavers here. There are beavers. I looked it up. North there are Florida beavers in Florida. Beavers. Yeah, North Florida. I've never seen a beaver here. Are you sure that it wasn't? A so muskrat? I recently, <laughs> recently I drove in the direction that I think you guys drove to go home, and I saw a dead cat that had inflated to a like a like a balloon. I suppose. Are you sure that wasn't the beaver cat? It was brown. It was it was raccoon sized and shaped, but it was brown. And I passed it several times, so I had several good looks at it, because it was on that ramp that goes to that good highway. That has yep, no, that's a cat. A lot of people on it. That's a cat. I got a good look at that yesterday, and I'm like, oh, look at that dead cat. That's a cat. That's a cat. Oof! It was chunky. Yeah, but it's yeah, you know, it's one of those things where like, uh, as it decomposes, the gases expand. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a big it's 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 a big poofy cat corpse. So a brown cat when it decomposes kind of looks like a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the description. I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> uh speaking of description, wait, should we No, no, we- no, I got more. I got more yeah, nicknames. Yeah, the first one was Marshall names. Mathers. Um the second one is the Slap Attacker. Um and the third is the Tuftwaffen. <laughs> Tuftwaffen. <laughs> For those who don't know, the Luftwaffen is the was the German Air Force. Um, and we are going to talk about planes and war and World War II and beavers. So it it all it works. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. What does science have to call this thing? What do they what must they call it? It's in the kingdom you know, love, and live inside. The kingdom Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia. The order is Rodentia. It's a rodent. It's a big rat. It's a big rat. It's not a rat. But it is related to rats in terms of its order. Uh, It's in the family Castoridae, which contains two living species of beavers. And their fossil relatives. Including the giant you, beaver. You, you're not going to tell me that beavers and muskrats are in the same family? I guess not. Muskrats look just like beavers, but they have skinny tails and they're smaller. They sure do. Um, they uh, sure do. The genus is Castor. Um, which means it, it it stands in the back and tries to do some DPS. Um, yeah, it's a glass cannon. It knows the Comet Azure. Yeah. And the species is Canacadensis. I think it's just Castor Canacadensis. Huh? I'm pretty sure it's just Canadensis. Canadensis. Castor Canadensis. Canadian witch. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian spell, the Canadian wizard. 
as the Kenny Castor Canadensis. Uh, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show: critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you Joe a question. And that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the term of entry, or what is the collective noun? If you saw a group of beavers, would you call that a a family of beavers? B a crew of beavers c a build of beavers or d a den of beavers i'm gonna go with a crew final answer mm. you should have gone with your fast and furious roots it's a family i knew it was a family the it's rest a were family. Like with... i knew it wasn't a den a... you might have thrown me with a lodge a lodge a of lodge beavers. Yeah, beavers. I, I did not think. But you lodge. threw me with crew, so you didn't need to throw me with anything. Else. <laughs> yep, it's a it's a family of beavers, um, which is nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. They roll in families. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. They're, well, um, it, it doesn't make any sense over the countless things you could name a family. In the animal kingdom. I guess, yeah, but these guys are like. Well, I, I imagine you'll talk about it later, but um, they are monogamous, and they and they live with generations of their family members within their dams. For I was not going to talk about that, so it's a good thing you did. But what the heck are we even talking about? How can I even a picture beaver. a beaver? Never seen one. I. Th- the only one I've ever seen it was turned out to be a dead cat. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about what they look like. I've only seen one beaver, and it wasn't a beaver; it was a dead cat. <laughs> um, beavers are large, thick-furred, and thick-bodied rodents. Um, they're almost always brown, and they have broad heads with beady little eyes. They're kind of cute. Their front teeth. The thing that makes them a little not cute are extremely large and very durable, and they're constantly growing, kind of like a rabbit. Um, the durable. beavers have uh, a famously flat tail that they will slap the water with to communicate, among other things. Slap attack. They're, they're very good for swimming. And speaking of good for swimming, they have webbed feet, which puts them above other rodents in terms of being in the water, except for maybe a capybara. Don't remember if they have webbed feet. But they like the water. Yeah. But that brings me to their size and dimensions in relatable terms. Uh, welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite the part of the show. It is the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show uh, that's introduced by you, when you send an audio of yourself saying, saying you're chittering the words measure up into LBTaxonomy at gmail.com, this week it is the part of the show that is introduced once again by Melissa, who nice. has, has sent in a an absolute cornucopia of measure ups. Hmm. Just lots of variety, lots of flavor. But apparently it has nothing to do with Fruit of the Loom. What? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess it is a cornucopia. It's not. Did you know that? Is it not? What am I thinking of? It's like an example. No, it's an example of um, 
Mandela effect. The Mandela effect that everyone pictures the uh, the Fruit of Loom logo with a cornucopia. There is a logo that has a cornucopia. I think it's. I don't remember what what it was. But yeah, the Fruit of the Loom is just like a like an apple and some grapes. I I remember so so much that I remember thinking that a cornucopia was called a loom. That was the loom. (laughs) I remember seeing a big cornucopia painted on the side of a Publix. Um, Yes, the the one off of University and Wild or in Sample. Oh, wait a minute. And I think that was the first time I really saw a cornucopia. And I I asked my parents what it was. And they're like, it's called a cornucopia. And there's fruit coming out of it. This is why I thought Fruit of the Loom was like, the, uh, my brain melted these two things together. <laughs> Albertsons did this. And I guess Florida Publix has bought them. Wow, I forgot about Albertsons. Yeah. What a anyway, boring name for a grocery store. No, it's down home. It's good. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure that thing up, son. <laughs> Measure it up. Whoa. Measure the thing up. Okay. <laughs> like, if you say so. I like that. I like how there's like a uh, sewing machine going on in the background or something like that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's what. So your guess is a sewing machine. That was the first thinking, thing that came to mind. What's your, what? Do you have a better guess? Like a, a an old generator. Up, yeah, an old generator maybe. I'm gonna guess a bounce house. No, because this bounce houses just sound like powerful fans. No, bounce house sounds like a gen- it's it's run by a generator usually. Yeah, but like the most of the noise comes from that the big fan that's blowing into it. All right, what do you think it is? You think it's a, what 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 is the generator doing? It's an old generator, which is why it's like clunking around. Otherwise, it would be making it would be it would be purring. I've I used to work in a shop next to a bunch of like big. Uh, big machines, and some of them made that a, a sound that's similar to that. One of them ran on a generator, so that's just um, what I was yeah, it's probably a sewing machine. Is. It's probably like a ice machine, or yeah, something like that. A some lot machine. of woodpeckers. You just get a metric ton of woodpeckers. A, a bag of woodpeckers. Uh, but thank you again to Melissa for sending in a measure up intro. If you would like to help Melissa, who is currently putting the team on her back, send in a uh, measure up intro to ldtaxonomy at gmail dot com. Give me that five percent hedge. No, oh, that's right. For this, so because we got a, me- a new measure up intro, we Carlos gets five percent towards his nursing school victory eighty percent requirement to win. each of these questions so let's talk body length 74 to 90 centimeters or 29 to 35 inches how many beavers go into the length of the uh, of the of the fort peck dam in the missouri river 
Here's a hint. The Fort Peck Dam is the largest in the U.S. by volume. With 125,628... 125,628,000 cubic yards of water. Um, I don't know what that means. Where is the Every water? Day? Is it inside the dam? Does it go through the dam? Is it being held back by the dam? No idea. I tried to find out what volume is when it comes to a dam, and they were talking about the surface area of the dam and in the calculating. No idea. But it's well, a it's a hydroelectric dam, so it goes. It, it uses the water that's coming that the the pressure of the water that's coming toward it to turn turbines and generate electricity so that's, that's my that's my that's my uh freshman answer to that <laughs> but you didn't answer the question it w- well what, that means that that what, means it sounds like that amount of water goes through goes the, through it the system of the dam to turn the turbines so that's a good every system of the dam every this <laughs> this <laughs> yeah um yeah, I guess but daily. It was built, yeah, I don't know. And, uh, and that seems like a lot like that seems like what the dam controls. Like you can't really say the the water behind that the dam is holding back is the volume of the dam because that's like that has to do with the the river, I guess. Um but uh, it was built by the Omaha District of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in the 1930s. The length of it is what we're going with. Mm-hmm. So it's not taller than the Hoover Dam, but it is longer. And the Hoover Dam's pretty wide. It's not wide. I it's remember not even in the top. Top five, I don't think. In the US. I remember it from Transformers Two. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like the only movie I remember that has the the Hoover Dam in it. Um, I don't know. I'll say uh, maybe I'll say two thousand feet. You said thirty nine inches. Mm-hmm. Thirty five. 35 inches, 685 beavers long. Is that your final answer? Yep. Correct answer is 7,208 beavers. Oh, man. This thing is several miles long. 21,000 feet or 6,409 meters. It's a lot bigger in terms of length than the Hoover Dam. Yeah, it's uh, almost four miles long. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like you yeah. you start and then you're like, you can't you can barely even see where it ends. Yeah, so like it's in the Missouri River, so a lot of times dams have to be wide. Um, the Hoover Dam is strategically placed. What is this thing called? Canyon. Fort Peck. I want to see this thing. Four mile long. Yeah. Huh. That does not look like four miles. Take it up with uh, Wikipedia. I, w- I will. I'll fight Wikipedia. 
they're always they're they're always struggling and asking for donations. I don't. I think that's punching down. Because <laughs> it's punching <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, and I can't do that. Can't. Never mind. Never mind. They're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. If they're yeah, let's talk weight. They're twenty kilograms or forty four pounds. Quite a hefty little rat. So how many buckets of bacon grease available at Bucky's go into the weight of a beaver? Your obsession with Bucky's. Bucky's the mascot this, is a beaver. This gas station farmers market. I was just at Bucky's this last week and we're talking about their mascot, the beaver. What um, else would I talk about? And here's a hint. Bucky's is a Texas-based convenience store where everything is bigger. You can buy all kinds of things from Bucky's including jerky from the 20-foot jerky counter, deer feeders, barbecue brisket, tents, beaver nuggets, and a savory version of the beaver nugget called Bucky's Nuggies. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's disgusting. Bucky's is also incredibly litigious, and they will sue. They have already sued two corporations that have vaguely similar iconography, um, and in, and another corporation that had a similar layout to their store. Oh, there's no way they've patented their layout. Uh. And then they also tried to sue a an employee that I guess went to work for another, like a they, like was it an employee retention lawsuit, but it didn't. They they lost that one, but they, they won the a, other ones. They have a non compete for their open air farmers market. <laughs> that you don't you need to go to Bucky's because you have no concept of what it is. I really don't. It does not. It doesn't really. I mean, barbecue always sounds good, but I can also get barbecue like. It's like a house. Walmart and a gas station mixed, except for the Walmart portion has employees in it. Yeah, none of it. Well, none of what you just described sounds like something I would like want to go out of my way to go it's, visit. It's a, it's a Walmart in that it has a ton of stuff, but it's not a Walmart in terms of there's people around to help you and like cash you out. And Walmart is not made infinitely food. better by their by the presence of more employees looking at their phones. It is made a little bit better by the presence of attentive employees. True. So it's, I don't know, Target in a gas station? <laughs> yeah, I guess like a Walmart with better employees and better stuff is Target. Mm, chef kiss. <laughs> Love um, it. But... It's smaller. It's bigger than a Wawa, smaller than a... A bread box? What is the oh, metric that I'm working Walmart. with here? Uh, <laughs> there. So, Bucky's sells bacon grease, buckets of bacon... Bucky's oh, sells bacon buckets grease. of bacon grease. Uh, and how many... Is that, is that for their Go. Bucky bits? <laughs> their <Go>. Bucky's nuggies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bucky's. So, uh, let me ask you this, since we're on the business of Bucky's. Um... <laughs> What do you think a beaver nugget is? Um, I'm going to go with a small fried piece of meat made out of beaver. You think Bucky the beaver would sell his own kin? 
Yes. It's disgusting. Have you ever been he to Butts on the Creek? I sure have you ever have been it. to Los Poyos Hermanos? <laughs> that doesn't exist. Have you ever been to Zaxby's? <laughs> no. Zaxby's um, their 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 mascot is a chicken and they sell just chicken for, for they sell primarily that's chicken. That's horrific. But it's it's not it's not meat at all. You'd think it was consider they have 20 miles. I mean 20 feet of jerky. Um 20 miles of jerky seems like their next thing. I feel like they can do it. Beaver that's nuggets it, are kind of like a sweet puff Cheeto. It's kind of like a big corn pop. Beaver nuggets or Bucky's nuggies? Bucky's nuggies is a savory version of a beaver nugget. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Bucky's nuggies is like basically a Cheeto. <laughs> I can't. I hope somebody tries to steal Bucky's nuggies so there are long. Uh, Protracted legal, legal debates about <laughs> <laughs> very, that very serious lawyers Bucky's and nuggies. <laughs> Your Honor, the prosecutor brings its brings argument for the court. Bucky's nuggies has been stolen. <laughs> Your client intentionally copied the flavor and shape of Bucky's nuggies. <laughs> the flavor, shape, and uh, and contour and texture of the Bucky's nuggies. Um, <laughs> and like the the lawyer. Like has to stifle a like a uh, a chuckle. Falcon and Bucky's nuggies. <laughs> oh, oh! I don't want to think instead about instead of instead of like the Avengers. If Bucky got the shield, the Avengers would have been renamed to Bucky's nuggies. Uh. It's, it, it would be more like a band, like Bucky and the Nuggies. Yeah. Like Hootie and the Blowfish. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my gosh. What are we talking about? Oh, bacon grease. Or beaver grease or whatever the heck you were talking about. How much in a day? <laughs> Ever? <laughs> no. I don't want to think about this anymore. <laughs> How many of these grease buckets go into the weight of a beaver, essentially? Oh, a bucket of grease. <laughs> Bacon grease, yeah. And this is 44 pounds. Goodness. It should be called Be- Bucky's Beaver Grease. I'm going to say five. I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You can five. do a lot with Bucky's. Um, final answer. Yep, five. The correct answer. It's six buckets of Bucky's beavers. That sounds like a nursing school victory to me. You can buy a 7.3 pound of, uh, 7.3 pounds of bucket, a 7.3 pound bucket of bacon grease from Bucky's. (laughs) And then, and then you're, you're going to get sued if you just rip open the cap and drink it in front of all the employees. (laughs) No, they encourage that kind of behavior. You'll get sued if you. Uh, it's a microaggression. Take, take the secret of Bucky's beaver grease and bring it to sell it to Plankton, uh, sell it to Wawa or whatever. Yeah, 
<laughs> Wawa's desperately trying to get the secret of Bucky's bacon grease. <laughs> They're trying to re replicate the Bucky's Nuggies formula. <laughs> ravioli, ravioli, show me the Bucky's Nuggiolis. <laughs> Gosh. Before this joke gets any dumber, um, I achieved a nursing school victory just now, so I expect praise. Did you need the five percent? No, I got eighty-three percent. Wow, I'm I'm good to go. Pass nice. fail. That's eighty-eight. Close to an A. Yeah, an A plus. Basically, an a, a B plus. Uh, thanks, thanks, Melissa, for the B plus. <laughs> On that one, yeah. um, are, you, are you ready to talk about fast facts before we get into the major fact? Absolutely. Okay. Beavers live in North America. Who knew? The North American beaver lives in North America. I had a sneaking from, suspicion, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure. They live from Mexico to Canada. They were once more ubiquitous than they are now, but the fur trade caused their numbers to drop dramatically between 17, the 17th and 19th century. It was a long trade. Long boom for beavers. Mm -hmm. uh, a bust for beavers. A boon for beaver traders. Um, beaver populations were saved when people stopped being interested in fur hats. Fair enough. I'm surprised that fur hats were as popular as they were for that long. Well, I mean, uh, Peter Pevensey wanted to turn beaver into a hat in the Chronicles of Narnia. So that was his first, that was one of the first things he said when beaver started to get annoying. I'm going to turn this, I'm going to turn the sentient creature into a hat. Well, he had to go away for the war, so he was homeschooled. So that makes sense that he's kind of behind on fashion. And on ethics. <laughs> <laughs> I met a talking uh, no, beaver and I want to kill him and turn him into on, a hat. Homeschoolers are usually ahead on ethics. Um, and reading comprehension. Uh, beavers are semi-aquatic and spend a ton of time in the water and on the land. They are probably most famous for building dams or lodges and lodges, um, which are aquatic structures made of wood and other materials. Beavers eat wood, which is something that sounds like it's a myth that you thought in your childhood, but it is actually true. Yep. They eat the bark. They also eat... All kinds of vegetations, including leaves, figs, inner bark, and shoots. and So they could eat shoots and ladders, technically. As, <laughs> as long, long as, as they're wooden ladders. Lacquer on the ladder, yeah. And as, as long as um, it's not a metal ladder. Yeah. Uh, their strong incisors are capable of chomping down trees, which they use to construct dams. They also use rocks, mud, and vegetation to construct their dams. Um, the beavers are sent into... A building and repair frenzy if they hear the sound of trickling water. Researchers tested this by playing a recording of trickling water in the middle of a dry field, which the beavers covered with sticks and mud. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. They covered um, a tape recorder with sticks and mud because they, they heard the sound of they were, water. They were so confused, but <laughs> like they knew what they had to do. They just didn't know they had the strength to do it. <laughs> yeah. I know what I must do. Oh, and they're like crying. <laughs> it's like, I know what I have to do. I have to cover this weird little metal robot thing. Looks at his beaver wife. Will you help me? <laughs> uh, the largest dam ever discovered was 2,790 
feet or 850 meters long. That's longer than the length of the Hoover Dam. That's impressive. It was discovered from satellite imagery. Yeah, I think I saw that on open season. Watching beavers do this, build these dams, is adorable. Watching a small woodland creature go about its business like it's in like the wind in the willows is really <laughs> adorable. Like carrying sticks and patting them down, getting some mud, putting it down. It's funny and good, and I like it. I saw um, a while ago, uh, I saw a video of these people that had, I guess, taken in an injured beaver and rehabilitated it, but was living in their house. And they called it Justin Beaver. And um, it was, they were just filming it running around, picking up whatever it could find and just stacking it in the bathroom um, where the water was. <laughs> and uh, she's just following around going like, he's so busy. He's just like constantly running around um, until he started to knot their, um, their chair legs. <laughs> uh, and so they're like, oh, no, no, Justin, Justin, stop. <laughs> so busy beaver is quite accurate. Yeah. Um, so dams are built to maintain high water levels in an area, which floods surrounding woodlands and gives beavers more access to food sources. Beavers can move around on land just fine, but they are much faster in the water. So if you have to escape a mountain lion or a bear or a wolf, it's way, way easier for them in the water. Um, they also dig channels that lead further into the woods from their ponds. So they they have these ponds that flood the area and then they dig tunnels into the woods that are that are underwater. Um, huh. Pretty ingenious. It's like London to Paris. Uh, beavers will carry fresh branches to their lodges and stick them in the mud deep under the dam or deep under the lodge. Um, in winter, the surface of the pond freezes and preserves vegetation to be eaten through the winter. So David Attenborough calls this their refrigerator. Because of this method, be beavers don't have to hibernate. They usually stay awake through the winter. Um, Just deep, so a beaver deep in the lodge. Yeah. And, and on top of that, a beaver lodge contains dry nesting chambers um, or, or usually just one dry nesting chamber that's above the water line. Um, and the entrance to the lodge is underwater and difficult to access for many of the beavers, most common predators. And the top of the lodge is quite strong. It's a collection of rocks, sticks and mud. Um, that even so much so that a bear would have trouble getting into it. So yeah. if I was a bear, um, I would be like, this is my project for the winter or for the summer, I guess. In the winter, I got to sleep. Yeah, and you really can't be taking on projects. You need you need a lot of like quick investments as a bear, or you'll starve to death. Yeah, uh, little and often fills the purse, so I'm going to go to the salmon run. <laughs> yeah, so uh, winter causes snow and ice to cover the lodge, creating a warm igloo-like chamber. In uh, a BBC documentary, you can see heat rising out of the top like a vent in the lodge so it, like in the middle of winter so it's very it's warm in there it's it they they, they did it the the ultimate it they, is they fixed lodge. living in canada <laughs> they, they yeah they did 
It's like a, it's an actual lodge. Like you ski down the mountain, go to a lodge and you're comfortable. You have a nice hot cocoa. It's warm in there. Yeah. Like the moose lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, Loyal order so of beavers. It should have been the beaver lodge. Yeah. Really should, really should have. So they, apparently muskrats. And I thought about not doing this. Maybe we do a muskrat episode later. But muskrats will get up in their lodges and they'll share it with them. And we're not sure if, like, it's just too dark in the lodge for the beavers to, like, know when the muskrats are in there. Or, um, as David Attenborough posits, um, they the, the muskrats bring in fresh bedding all the time. So it, they they think that maybe... They rent or at it. At least David Attenborough thinks like they're paying rent. Yeah, like they'll they'll they allow them to stay because they you know bring fresh fresh bedding and in, improve the lodge. So that's fun that these two beaver like furry woodland creatures share a lodge. Yeah, I'd be like, and then the muskrat goes and tells the stoat, and it's like, come on, man, it was just you. And then the stoat goes and tells the chipmunk and suddenly you have every furry woodland creature that's desperately trying to swim to your just swim to your house and crash your crash your flat. You give a mouse a, you, you, you get a, a mouse a cookie and he's going to one milk with you it. You feed him for a day. Um you, you give a muskrat a, a bed. And then he goes and tells the stoat. Uh, I have two fast facts quickly. Uh, I was just didn't know if you were going to cover them. Um, beavers secrete a, a chemical from their butts that smells just like vanilla and is actually an FDA approved natural vanilla flavoring. So there is legitimately a chance that if you've had something that's vanilla flavored, but not actual vanilla, that they're using beaver butt juice. Take that and love it. Take that and put it in your Bucky's Nuggies. <laughs> Although Bucky's Nuggies are cheese flavored, uh, yeah, that would be weird. A more likely candidate for beaver butt juice. Yeah. Um, and then also, up until the 11th century, people believed many people believed that um, in an ancient Egyptian myth that beavers knew that hunters were after the castoreum oil. That's housed in their testicles. Um, and since they they knew hunters were after them for that, they would gnaw them off. So that is not true. Their their nuggies are inside their bodies. <laughs> so they As you would want them to be if you, you lived in Canada. Right. You want you, you want to keep that that stuff close you want to play that close to the chest. <laughs> Um, <laughs> close to the test. <laughs> um, and uh, and also, no one's ever seen like a healthy beaver do this. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's not the case. Um, we would have so many facts about beaver nuggies. <laughs> You've now introduced that into the zeitgeist. <laughs> they didn't exist before, and now they do. Um, but here's the major fact. The major fact is called the Great Beaver Bombing of 1948. So, it's 1948. Beavers and people have come into contact 
in Idaho. People were moving into the, the, the more rural areas in Idaho at this point, into the northern areas. And um, they were coming into contact with beavers. And if you rely on things like streams and trees to uh um to live <laughs> or to just uh, in your house and, and in your neighborhood and things like that um and then suddenly beavers come and radically change the landscape either dam up the stream or create a lake where there wasn't a lake before um or cut down a bunch of trees or start eating into your own house um there we got some problems um so the state packed them into boxes and dropped them into the remote chamberlain basin from airplanes using old parachutes from world war ii so for you out there in podcasting <laughs> <laughs> um, um there so there's some details uh there's a popular mechanics article from 1949 uh, that had some baffling things to say about it and what was even more baffling was the lack of details that they included i read this and i was like i have so many questions and then i read a follow-up article from 2015 from the boise state public radio and i was like my questions have been answered <laughs> um but the popular mechanics article the old 1949 one they said they couldn't load them into the truck into a truck and drive them to a new location because, quote, the animals often perished because they were kept away from water too long. And my first question was, they're not axolotls. <laughs> they, they don't need to be covered in water to survive. They like water, but like they don't, you don't need to constantly keep them moist for them to live. Um, they do need to drink water, however, and that is one way to mm -hmm. kill an animal is to not give it water to drink, but that's true of every, pretty much every animal. So I think a better solution would have been to drive them over and, uh, give them water to drink, you know, like take care of the animals that you're trying to take care of. Um, uh, it's like, ah, oh, man, we tried to drive them, but it's like a two day drive. And, uh, and I mean, we didn't give them any food or water and they just kept dying. So we needed a shorter trip. <laughs> Imagine that. So we chucked them out of airplanes. <laughs> then we didn't have to feed them, and they didn't die. Um, anyway, the the but so the Boise State Public Radio um, has an article that kind of goes into depth uh, on this um, and mentions that the basin, the Chamberlain Basin, where the um, the the beavers were dropped, um, is in an area what is now known as. The Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness Area. <laughs> hmm. Which, I mean, it sounds like it belongs in the Galaxy of Terror from Futurama. Um, but the point is, is that it's a protect, it's, it's been a protected forest for a hundred years. And it was then, as it is now. Um, and there, just like now, there weren't any real drivable roads through it or to it. Uh, and that meant that transporting beavers via a truck Ideas. or something like that not doable it's it's a bunch of wilderness there's no roads um so you would have to take trails um with horses and mules um and it turns out that horses and mules are easily spooked by beavers or at least irritable mm -hmm. ones 
You don't say. Um, and so it's not viable to transport the beavers because there were a lot of altercations between people and horses and mules and beavers that often resulted in beavers being kicked. Um, so, altercations. So um, it's not really viable to haul them at all into the river of no return. Um, so that, that made a lot more sense. <laughs> they, they didn't... The, the, driving them was not... The, the popular mechanics article seems like it would have you believe that they didn't drive them because they refused to give them water. But the the reality was is that there, there was actually no way to actually drive them there and taking them there via horse or mule was not also not viable. So the second thing was that the, the, the 1949 popular mechanics article talks about how a skilled mountain pilot needs to drop the boxes of beavers a few hundred feet above the ground and try to get them as close to a stream as possible. Um, and it mentioned that males and a male and female would be dropped close together so that they could start a family. But I could not figure out how the beavers got out of their boxes once they landed. Um, like like the like the aquarium fish at the end of Finding Nemo, like they escaped and now they're just floating in the ocean in their bags. Mm -hmm. um, but the Boise Radio article came in clutch again with an answer for this one too so it turns out that beavers like you said they, they like to eat wood in fact they really like to eat wood um and when eating their favorite things coincides with i don't know gaining your freedom a wooden box uh does not really pose as much of an obstacle it's like you being trapped in like a kinder egg or a flavor blasted goldfish <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, I'm getting out of it's this. It's like thing. being trapped in a Bucky's nuggy. <laughs> it's, like, it's like being trapped in, or like, um, when in Veggie Tales, when the USS Apple Pies was about to be destroyed by a ball of popcorn. It's like I have a solution for this, and it's eat all the popcorn. Um, it's like James and the Giant Peach. Yes, it's like James and the Giant Peach, except they weren't trapped in the Giant Peach. Right. Uh, it was a vehicle um, <laughs> that they ate. That they ate. It was a vehicle that they ate. Um, so the problem was that the beavers would actually start their start to eat their way out immediately. Um, as soon as they were put inside. So uh, they didn't want that happening while they were... Because they had this like woven thatch um, uh, box that the idea is that it would... Like it, they would land and then they could eat their way out. But they would eat their way out right away so there's a good chance of them eating their way out while they were on the plane or worse eating their way out while they're on their way down <laughs> mm. um uh and so the guy so it's <laughs> just picturing like the whale from the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> this is coming to terms with the world around it as it falls um <laughs> But uh, the guy they picked to solve this issue, his name is was Elmo Heater or Heater. I'm going to say Heater. Elmo Heater. Um, he designed Dynamite. a... Sp what? Like Napoleon Dynamite. Elmo Heater? Elmo Heater? Oh, John Heater. <clears throat> um, yeah, so he designed a special box that was, that was weighted in a way that um, it was designed to break on impact. Um, but he needed to test it. You can't. You can't just. You can't just chuck a bunch of beavers out into the river of no return in untested boxes. Elmo knew better, um, so he found an old male beaver 
as his test subject. And guess what he named it? Justin Bieber? In <laughs> 1949 or 48. No, he named him Bucky? Geronimo. <laughs> oh, that's fair. He named him Geronimo. Geronimo the Beaver. Um, he put him in the box and he dro- they they dropped him from a plane over and over and over again. I mean, he was it was a parachute, so <laughs> each time it was a parachute. Um, and here's a quote from Elmo himself. <clears throat> quote: "Poor fellow. <laughs> he finally became resigned, and as soon as we approached him, he would crawl back into his box, ready to go aloft again." There's so <laughs> much delightful 1940s language. In both the uh, popular mechanics article, like the animals often perished because they were kept away from water um, uh, or ready to go aloft again. Um, <laughs> so I guess it seems like Geronimo was a pretty good sport after he got used to it. Um, his reward that he was that he was the first beaver to be dropped into the river of no return, this basin. Um, but he stayed in his box thinking he was going to going up where the, in the wild blue yonder once more. He got a taste for the sunshine and clouds. He can't go back. He can't go back to the damn life. <laughs> he can't go back did you read this article? Life. Because that's exactly what he did. Wait, what? <laughs> he he's, it, it took him several days to leave the box because he thought he was going back. That's so... Pixar. I want this to be a movie. Geronimo the Beaver. This it's, this is at least a short. It's so Pixar short, yeah. Um, but they left they they dropped him there with three plucky female beavers. So lucky 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 guy. He's like Adam in his Garden of Eden if he was a Mormon. Um with with his multiple wives. Um and so once they got once they did this, they they moved 76 beavers this way uh, by dropping them out of airplanes and, and uh, in these boxes. And out of all of them, only one of them died, which is, I think is a success. I mean, it's not good that any beavers died, but hey, you, you managed to move 75 beavers without um, hurting them. And, and everyone seems to consider this as a success. Elmo himself said... Um, in a report titled transplanting beavers <laughs> um <laughs> he said the savings in man hours oh here let's let's stay it in what i imagine elmo's voice was <clears throat> the savings in man hours and in the mortality of animals is quite evident sex ratios are maintained the beavers are healthier and in better condition to establish a, a colony i kind of messed that up but you know just to just just pour that that transatlantic accent all over it um that's a nursing school victory though for that that's that, for sure that's like yeah that's pretty that's good it's like a, it looks like a 98 percent or 98 point something mm-hmm. percent but this seems like like this crazy hair-brained scheme but it seems like it was the best option given their resources at the time um and now they're living happily in frank church's river of no return <laughs> wilderness area (laughs) um and uh yeah that's the that's the story of the one time we dropped we we airdropped beavers into with world war ii parachutes 
left over World War II parachutes. And that's why they are the Tuftwaffen. <laughs> <laughs> even though... Man, I can't... Yeah, even though the, the paratroopers were not... Anyway. <laughs> I, I just can't stop thinking about Geronimo and his... And his newfound love for the... Uh, for the skies? For the skies above, yeah. I mean, I think he became like an adrenaline junkie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they he had to catch him. For a while, they had to catch him. Like, he, the, the, the thing would break and he would escape and they'd have to go get him again and then put him back in mm-hmm. the box. And I'm sure that well, was pretty traumatic for him. Arc. Every hero <laughs> has an arc. <laughs> or he just gets Stockholm Syndrome and he falls in love with the box. <laughs> Well, it's your food and house and, you know, thing that's keeping you from falling to your death. So it's a lot of things. He was once a man, a beaver man of the of the underwater, of, of the lodge. A lodge's beaver. A beaver man a of a lodge. <laughs> he was, but, Geronimo was a beaver's a, beaver. But, but he, he became a beaver disguise. A maverick. Oh yeah, I gotta watch that movie. I saw it. <laughs> but yes, that's the Great Beaver Bombing of 1948. Do you have anything else? That's all I got. All right, for you out there in Podcastia, it's the Beaver. So build your house upon the rock. Don't bite off your Bucky's Nuggies Beaver bits, and parachute into your own polygamous Eden, like Geronimo the Beaver here in Life, Death, and Taxon. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Hey, don't bite off your Bucky's Nuggies is good advice. It's good advice, but foul nonetheless.